Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Good morning. Good morning. It is Wednesday, March the 6th. And for me, it is 6.50 a.m. Eastern time. I'm sitting down at my desk. I have some coffee. And uh, this this podcast is uh, a little bit different than normal. Why? Well, it's because last week on Instagram, I asked everyone to ask me questions. <laughs> and uh, told you that I would answer... Um, every single question on my show today. So this is a neat this is neat because I'm opening the conversation to you guys. However, I am changing this a little bit because I'm changing my my statement from I'll answer every single question to I'll answer every single appropriate <laughs> question. Okay, I'm sure you'll all understand why that might be. So um so yeah, I, I, I really I really think that there's a great batch of, of questions here for what everyone wants to know. And I, and I also found it interesting, there's some, I'll just say this right now, there are some questions here that I'm going to answer today that are very similar, but I'll, I'll try and answer them a little bit differently uh, because they're all themed around, you know, wellness and health and self-love, which is exactly... Like, ah, oh, I was so stoked when I when I was hearing these types of things because that's the conversation that we should all be having. Um, anyways, okay, let's uh, let's get started here. Question number one: Who is your favorite sister? <laughs> okay, well, ha, I only have one sister. Her name is Yasha, and obviously, Yash, you're my favorite. Very cute. Um, how how do you stay motivated? Okay, how do you stay motivated? That is um, the question that I get asked the most often, uh, not just after I opened up the floor to you guys, but like in the day-to-day conversations I have with people. And I'm going to get right into it and say, I'm not always motivated, okay? I just need to throw that out there first. I'm not always keen and motivated to do things. However, the big however is this. Um, my deep um, motivation is rooted in the practice of self-love and self-appreciation. Okay, this is new to me in the last few years. If you listen to my podcasts from earlier on, it does, I do talk about this shift, how I became aware, how my awareness is helping me um, to understand myself, understand my thoughts, understand my beliefs. That's, that takes a lot of work, but all of that work brings um, change. It is bringing me positive change in my life. So it's helping, like, the self-love component is how I stay motivated, okay, um, in a nutshell here, because I know that my body needs fitness. I know that my body needs good food, quality food, quality sleep. It helps me 
to the awareness component of this helps me to shape my day-to-day decisions. So it's not just like, oh man, I have to, I have to go to the gym today. Oh, I need to work out or, oh, I ate so crappy or whatever the case may be. When you're feeling tired and slow and having those downtimes, um, that's okay. That's part of life too. So in those moments, and I'm going to answer this a little bit further deeper into this podcast, but in those moments, it's, um, it's important to give yourself the balance of allowing yourself to miss a workout or have a cheat day. I don't like the word cheat day. I can't believe I just said that. Um, have, have like eat whatever you want, let's just say, or whatever feels good in the moment and, and, and be okay with that. There's no right or wrong. We're always, we're constantly labeling our, our decisions as good or bad ones. Okay. So if you don't go to the gym, that's bad. Oh my gosh. Or if you do, that's good. That, that, that's not in the realm that I've started to live in. Okay. So my motivation doesn't come from good or bad or I have to, or I should, okay? Should is, some of the language of should implies guilt, okay? And that is, that is not the language that I'm choosing to use. And this is all stuff that I've been practicing with my awareness. Like, how am I speaking to myself? I should be doing that. Well, that implies guilt. I want to be doing this. That's the language that I choose, okay? So when I want something, that implies sort of like empowerment and happiness, okay? Do you see the, do you hear the difference? I should go to the gym versus I want to go to the gym. Or maybe the gym's not your thing, right? I also have a huge motivation because I love running. I love skiing. Uh, I, I do the things that I love to do. If I don't like doing it, I mean, oh man, that's so unsustainable in the long run. I like trying new things to see if I do like them. However, um, you know, if you're really stuck uh, in, in, in trying to bang your head against the wall, doing something you absolutely hate, maybe you should ask yourself, is this in my highest good? Is this in my best interest? Anyways. Okay. Wow. That was a long one. Okay. Next question. (laughs) Who's your favorite Italian friend? Oh yes. I remember. I remember this one. Um, I only know one Italian person in the entire world and her name's Carl Filoso and I freaking love her guts. <laughs> Carla, you're my favorite. Okay. What was your biggest challenge to being a better you? What was your biggest challenge to being a better you? Um, well, I guess the biggest challenge is to get rid of that label of being a better you because I'm... I'm actually, from the outside looking in, sometimes people believe that I'm becoming a better version of myself. And yes, I do use that terminology sometimes because it's a relatable way to say it. But I think underneath all of that, um, I'm just trying to honor myself and, and be happy ultimately. So the best versions of me is when I'm happiest and I'm feeling fulfilled with within myself. Okay. I'm fulfilling myself. So what has been the biggest challenge in that? Um, it varies. It, there's the ebb and flow of life, like in all things, the lesson 
for me, the hardest thing is my, my um, sense of unworthiness. Okay, so unworthiness has been developed inside of me from a long time ago, like from a childhood. Um, I learned it along the way that I was not worthy of love. I was not worthy of success. Uh, and uh, that is a belief that I struggle with that's deep inside of me. And so that's the part of me that I've been healing and focusing my attention on is, is healing that sense of unworthiness within me, right? Okay, next one. What's your favorite outdoor rec? Um, well, I, I said it earlier, running and skiing, those are the two things. Running um, is kind of my favorite fitness thing. Skiing, yes, it is fitness, but it's kind of, it's de most definitely my passion. It is, if I had to pick one or the other, it would be skiing. Um, yeah, however, Skiing, I don't know, it's like a different level of fitness. It's a different fitness level or a different fitness result. If that, I don't know. It's a little bit, uh, they're, they're, they're two really hard ones. I'd pick skiing. Eh, okay. Next, how do you navigate knowing your passions uh, but not currently having a career in them? Ooh. Okay. So, good question. My passion is in the field of creativity, okay? So I'm a creative person. I I am also passionate about movement um, and coaching. So those three things I've definitely narrowed down to be my favorite things to talk about, to participate in, to to learn about, and uh, and to work with. So. I have to say that within my career in social media, I it, it does encompass those elements. So my career in social media helps me to be creative. It also helps me to, like on the business side where I um, work with small businesses, I help them with their creativity. Uh, but in the consulting side, I start to I start to help them and coach them as well. So there, there's a bit of a crossover there. Um, the freedom which my job allows me to do uh, gives me the 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 time to pursue my other passions which is movement being outside creating my own schedule so I've that is that is a really great question because it has taken me like many years to create this lifestyle and create this the ability to tap into my passions I don't I, I think that makes sense but I, that's where I'm going to end the answer to that one. So yeah. Next, how do you get your peeps to stay inspired in your own health? How do I, how do you get your peeps to stay inspired in your own health? I'm not entirely sure I understand that question. Um, but the way I'm going to answer it is I, I lead by example. So I am very true to my word I don't, I don't tell people to do things. I don't know if people really notice that with me. It's a strategy that I've developed a long time ago because I don't like being told what to do. I don't think a lot of people do. Like, I, I, I share my experiences by saying, this is what I'm doing. These are the choices I'm making. This is how I'm doing it. And then put, put, put that back onto you. Like if you want to do it like this, then please do. And I will help you and guide you and, 
and be your friend or be your support or whatever it is. But I'm, I, I'm not sure I'm, I, I'm the type of person that connects with those who say, do this, do this program, buy this product. It's the best. Do that. I'm like, nah, that's really not my way of really connecting and, um, inspiring. I like to inspire by doing and showing and talking about the results that I get. So yeah. Um, next question. Gin. <laughs> okay. This is from a bartender friend of mine. He's awesome. And we always have these debates between gin and vodka. Okay. Uh, the answer is gin, my friend. The answer is gin. Uh, okay. What's better, fresh pow or soft sand? Great question. Fresh pow. Fresh pow. Oh my God. The snow. Oh my gosh. Definitely. But soft sand is uh, way up there too. <clears throat> way up there. Uh, what quote do you always come back to? Uh, okay. Um, honestly, I'm not really like a quote person. Um, I see it all the time on social media. I see quotes. Uh, quotes are, again, sort of telling me what to do in a lot of ways. Uh, some really resonate with me. That's not to say that I don't love them. But I haven't really connected with a quote, okay, and kept it, except for one. And I, it's more of like a saying. There's one saying that I come back to. I guess that's the same thing as a quote, but I don't think I ever read this anywhere. It was told to me. Um, and it has to do with my connection, my energetic field and my connection to, to the universe and... <sighs> without sounding too hokey pokey, I do believe that we are all connected. So the saying is meant to be said outside with my hands open, palms facing up, body, heart opened into the universe, um, eyes closed. And what I say is, I am one with you. You are one with me. We are one. And it's kind of a crazy little thing that I do. I, I've never actually told anyone this. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. I can't believe I just said that too. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I stand outside and I sort of open up my body to the universe and say that. I am one with you. You are one with me. We are one. And it's really weird. Sometimes I get like tingly palms and like I get the sensation that I am connected to the earth and to the nature that's around me and to the space and to the universe and the energy that's all around. It's kind of cool. That's what I come back to. It helps to ground me. Um, yeah. Okay. Next question. Uh, what would you say? I'm just going to tap this. What would you say is your number one tip for someone trying to grow their social media? Um, <clears throat> my number one tip is to keep the social in the media, okay? So people want to feel something and to feel connected to you. So you need to keep it social. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, accounts out there that, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if this person is, is talking about a business to grow their business or their, um, I'm gonna take a sip of coffee here. excuse me, or their, or their personal social media. <clears throat> so in the business side, I say, put your personality into it. That's my number one tip. Like, yes, if you're selling products or services or whatever, you have a storefront or not, 
um, and you're talking about the things that you're doing, a lot of people get stuck in that. I want to know who you are. Give me some behind the scenes stuff. Show your personality. And that way I can make a connection to you. And eventually, if I need your product or service, I will trust you. I will know who you are and I will trust you. And I will want to use your service or product. Um, in terms of like your personal accounts, uh, the personal accounts, it's the same type of thing. Like show your personality, show who you are. Um, and make connections with people that are like you. That's the best way to grow. It doesn't really matter how many followers you have if you're not getting those connections. I see a lot of people with like 10, 20, 50,000 followers, but their engagement is very low. So they get like 100 to 500 likes and comments on their page. So when you have 50,000 followers and you're getting 500 likes on your page, that's a 1% engagement rate. That's not a lot of people interacting with you. So you have to think, what do I need to do to, to um, connect to more people? For me, I think social media is about connecting. So, so keep that in mind, okay? Next, what was life after competing? Was it hard to leave it all behind or were you glad? Life after competing was the darkest time of my life. In fact, I'm diverting this to... Um, a podcast that I've done in in the earlier um, in the earlier episodes I do talk about what happened after my post competition um, but that was the start after I finished competing when I missed the Olympic Games I went into a deep depression and that was sort of the start of me hitting rock bottom and and again the the pendulum swinging the back when it swung back up that was how I came out and changed my life and and started this whole awareness project um was it hard to leave behind uh yes and no <laughs> obviously um what I felt was the most challenging was the fact that I had lost my identity when I missed the Olympics because I wanted to be an Olympian so that was ultimately the most challenging thing I've ever gone through in my life so yes it was hard um, however, I stayed in, in the sport. So I went into high performance coaching. I coached at a, a, a high level. I stayed in the game. I did all the competitions and I started coaching the, uh, coaching athletes at the provincial level, um, which fueled my passion for the sport still, but took me out of the competition in a way that allowed me to grow as a human and recover and heal from those wounds. So so yeah, uh, okay, considering starting my own podcast, any tips? Yes, my biggest tip is if you want to start a podcast, good on you. Podcasts are sweet. They're growing momentum. I personally really like them. It's a great way to connect to people and learn about new topics. And um, it gets you out of the visual of staring at a screen all the time. You can hear, you can hear podcast audio. Awesome, love it. So my biggest tip is to research podcasts. Um, there's a lot of, there's not a lot, there's a few things you really need to know about, like your microphone, like your editing program, like who's going to host your show, are you going to have a website, those types of things. Google it, research it, find the things, talk about them, ask questions, fellow podcasters will always um, help you, but you need to like understand the process of what it takes. For me, I didn't. I had no idea how long it was going to take me to uh, learn this. Now, some people learn quicker than others. <laughs> I 
I was a slow learner in the, in the podcast world. It took me like three months to like get my shit together and produce my first show. Now it's a very quick and now it's a lot easier, um, obviously with experience, but yeah, so that's my thing. Do your research. Uh, what does your average workout routine look like in a week? Ah, uh, that, uh, that kind of changes here and there. I would say that I'm running four to six times a week. That's not every week. Some weeks I'm tired. Some weeks um, I have a lot of commitments or work things. Um, so, you know, some weeks go by where I'm, I run like twice or I'm at the gym twice, once even. Um, but on average, I, on average, I'm going to say four times a week. That's my average four times a week in the gym. I run between five and 10 kilometers. I lift weights. I play, I handstand, I, I stretch. I just sometimes go to the gym, work out for like 20 minutes and then lay on a mat and stare at the ceiling and, or close my eyes and just meditate. Like it's not all about hard, hard, hard work. It's just getting into the routine of going. Does that make sense? Like not all my workouts are super intense. That's not sustainable for my body and for my mind. So, so yeah. Um, have your feelings towards competing changed over the years? Ooh, yes, they have. Um, when I was younger and I skied for Team Canada, my competing was like my competing in the sport in a high performance sport was um the only thing <laughs> I thought about it was like I loved it I thrived off it like being in the gate and having that adrenaline rush and like just knowing that I was gonna perform my best and like putting my skills to the test I loved it you know and it translated into like schooling and and getting really good grades and like being the best. I always wanted to be the best. <laughs> I'd compete with like my friends all the time. Like I bet you I could beat you in this. And like, I was kind of like that asshole that, <laughs> that, that would try and win all the time. Um, how has it changed? It's the, the competitive side in me still lives. Like there is still quite a huge flame in there, but it's changed in the sense that I, I don't need to be the best. And like, I'm not proving myself to anyone anymore. It used to, the base of my comp my competitiveness as a young woman growing up as a girl and young woman was I wanted to prove that I was the best. I had something to prove. Now I just like, it, it just, it fuels my passions. And if, you know, I, I know that I'm not trying to be the best at running, for example, or the best at skiing, but I do, ha I do these little, these little competitions for myself and no one knows about it. So like throughout the day, I like, you know, time myself sometimes when I'm walking to work or biking to work and try and beat it just for fun. It's all for fun. It's fun and games. There's no reward outside of just this like satisfaction inside of me. It like, if I don't hit the target or if I don't make it to my work faster than yesterday, I don't punish myself or care. It's just like, it's all for fun. And that's been a huge adjustment in my life is to be able to let go of the outcome of the competition and focus on the process of where, of, of how I'm motivating and competing with myself. I, I hope that makes sense. Okay. Next. Um, 
have, what is your greatest motivating factor? Okay, I think we kind of covered that. How do I stay motivated? Um, I'm going to skip that one. How do you approach fitness plateaus when you've realized you've hit one? Oh, that's cool. So, um, again, fitness plateaus um, happen for a reason. And there's a lot of fitness experts out there and personal trainers and competitive athletes, and they're all telling you what to do and how to do it. And you need to do X, Y, and Z to keep going. Plateaus to me, like, oftentimes I, I take a step back. So how do I approach it? The same thing that I approach everything in life is bring my attention to why am I plateauing? What is it in me that needs to take a step back or that is not motivated? And I, I create some space in there. I create some compassion for myself. This is big stuff. Like, this is very easy to say, but this has taken me like years to accept that this week I, I'm not doing any exercise. Um, in 2000, in November of 2017, and I've spoken about this before, I did a, a marathon. It was a Philadelphia marathon. It was my seventh marathon. And, um, I wanted to qualify for Boston. So I put so much work, so much effort into qualifying for Boston. And on the day of the race, it was a very windy day. There was like 80 kilometer gusts, 80 kilometer wind gusts. That's like 50 miles an hour. Um, super, super heavy winds and it affected my ability to maintain a pace. So I finished the run. I didn't, um, get the, 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 the time that I needed to qualify for Boston. And it was like horrendous. Okay. That, that was the catalyst to me really taking a step back and giving myself time and, and some compassion for my body and from the experience that I had to, to take a break. So I took about a six month break from running after that. I didn't run for six months. Yes. At the beginning, it was very challenging and I was beating myself up, up over it and punishing myself for that experience because I felt like a failure. I'd worked really hard and felt like a failure, but then I, I had learned from past experiences that I needed to let go of, of that and, and focus on what's happening in my body right now. So I asked myself the question when I'm in plateaus where I don't want to go to the gym, I asked myself like, why, why not? Is it because I don't want to do this workout? Is it because I need to rest? Is it because I have too many other things to do? That's, that's, um, and then some answers will come and it can, it can help me to, um, either get out the door because sometimes you just need to get out the door um, or or not put my feet up. So here's an interesting um, quote. I just talked about quotes and now I don't really, they don't resonate with me, but this one um, I heard the other day or I read the other day. It's very cool. Um, it is, if you, like this is for people that say they don't have time. So the quote is, if you say, I don't have time for this. Try switching it up to this is not a priority and see how that feels in your body. Okay. It definitely feels different. Oh, I don't have time for that versus this is not a priority. Oh yeah, you're right. So 
you know, fitness plateaus, what is your priority? Okay. Is your priority to work out and do something that you don't want to do? Or is it to love your body, change your perspective on why you're going to the gym in the first place? Okay. See where I'm going with this? There's some deeper layers there to overcome. Uh, I don't like the word overcome. There's some deeper layers there to maintain your health and wellness. Um, exercise is 100% one of them. But how you approach exercise, for me, going back to the motivation thing, it's like it's it. the root is self-love and self-compassion. Okay? Um, without too many details, is your business profitable? How did you start? Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it's profitable. It, uh, it's constantly evolving in the world of social media. Um, but it allows me to live the life that I want. So I work, uh, many hours a week. I would say on average 50 hours per week, sometimes 60, but, um, I work hard to play hard. That's the way I want to live my life. So I put my head down and I, bust my ass and that is that allows me to travel it allows me to do the things that I love to do it's awesome how did I start I kind of fell into it I made a bet on social media that I could make one dollar by posting I wanted to uh I had no idea that insta fame was a thing or that you could make money as an influencer none of that I so I thought it was kind of a joke and I I bet one dollar to uh the kids that I was coaching that I could do it. And they were like, okay, whatever. You're gonna, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> I was like, anyways, I got that dollar pretty quickly. And um, uh, through what I learned about Instagram and how to grow your account and how to influence um, in a positive way and, and market, um, it kind of just snowballed and evolved, honestly. Okay, so yeah, I did kind of start my business on a bet. <laughs> uh, next question, are you married? If no, why not? No, I'm not married. In fact, I'm single. I've been single for a year and a half, almost two years. And actually, no, it's been two years. I've been, uh, I don't even know. Who cares? I don't even care. Um, I've been single because I'm focusing on my relationship with myself for the first time in my life. Am I opposed to being in a relationship? Absolutely not. Uh, my, my door is open. However, I'm not actively dating, um, or looking or spending my energy focusing on other people. I have made some really cool connections with some people, um, some different men that, you know, we, I have a lot of common with and they've been really great. But again, I'm just focusing on, healing my own wounds because I want to love fully and I want to go into new relationships with, you know, a super full and happy heart. Yeah. Um, did you learn your positivity from anyone in particular? Who is your mentor? Okay. So, uh, I've had many teachers in my life. Uh, I definitely show a very positive side to my living in my social media. It's not always uh, that way. Um, I wouldn't say I'm like a super negative person anymore because of my practice with, of awareness. I am, um, constantly shifting into even like a neutral space. I feel like living in the neutral, um, neither positive nor negative. 
is kind of where I live a lot. Um, but yeah, I learned my positivity from uh, my mentor who is Adele Stratton. She, I call, I refer to her as Yoda. Um, I also have, um, there's a lot of authors and podcasters that um, have helped me with this. Don Miguel Ruiz, I talk about him all the time. The Four Agreements, my favorite book ever. That has really helped me with my positivity, how to stay positive in life. But it's really the practice of awareness and how I've become aware of my thoughts and my beliefs and where they come from. Okay, so we're always thinking. You're always, there's always a thought in your mind. There's the storyteller is what I call it. The storyteller who is the ego. Yes, I've done podcasts on this before. I love this conversation. I love this topic. Ego is the storyteller. It's the one talking. The one listening. So the one, the other side of your personality, which is your essence or your spirit, that is the person I'm connecting with more and more these days. That's the person I'm trying to, um, that's the side of me that I'm working on in my relationship, that I'm loving, that I'm showing all the love, okay? The ego or the storyteller is the yappy. It's all the things I know. I like, um, Don Miguel Ruiz refers to the ego as the voice of knowledge. So it's what you know, the voice of all the things you know. Um, I'm kind of getting a little bit off track, but that voice I mean, would change if you grew up in a different era or you grew up in a different country with different parents. That voice is is curated in your domestication. That's That voice is the things you learn and what you believe about yourself and about the world and about rules. Um, and you've learned from your, your, from, your, from your parents, from your caretakers. I, caretakers is a better word. Um, the people that you grow up with. Okay, so... If they were really positive people, you might naturally be a really positive person. If they weren't, then your normal is more in that like negative or neutral realm, okay? So um, the, the, what awareness has brought to me is the ability to change my beliefs about who I am and how I wanna live my life. And from that, healing the old, the old versions of me to grow uh, it's it's helping me to change my thoughts and change the way I speak to myself on a daily basis and knowing that I'm speaking to myself differently that's that's a big one because half the time we are we are asleep we are not awake and we don't even realize how hard we treat ourselves and how mean we are to ourselves um that was a bit of a rant uh but who is my mentor <laughs> Oprah. Oprah's my freaking mentor. I love that woman. Um, okay. How did you take your health back? Is it hard? It is so hard and getting harder. How did I take my health back? I think this is referring to a time where in that dark space after the Olympic Games, I gained 85 pounds. I was very unhealthy, smoking, drinking, um, just treating my body with so much disrespect and hate. I was punishing myself over and over and I stayed in this space for I think like five years it was five years for sure um and then yo-yoing out of it uh for a few years um how did I take it back you know I podcast about this and I definitely recommend I have a three-part weight loss podcast um it's very good um and the very first episode that I 
produced and, and put out is how I became aware. That is how I took my health back. So not to divert anyone to another show, but it is a huge conversation. It's, it's big. Um, secondarily, I am in the process of creating a program. It's going to be a course that I'm offering to help you get your health back. So in, in sort of like summary of all of those things, just to give you some takeaway here, I took it back by, by changing my perspective of my body by self-love and the real kind of self-love, not that ego saying, yeah, 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 I love myself, I love myself. It's like, no, 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 no. It's it's deeper, it's healing, it's forgiving, okay? Forgiveness, forgiving others as well as myself, forgiving myself. That was a huge let go. Like letting go of all the, the stories of the past and living back in the past instead of right now in this moment, what does my body need? Don't forget, our bodies, I've said this before, are very loyal to us, okay? They are here for us. And when we punish our body, you have to think, why am I doing this? What is it in me that needs to feel punished and stay in that punishment? There's no justification to punishing yourself over and over and over again. In the world of action reaction, there is an action with one reaction, okay? So there's one, we, if we make a mistake, okay, you can, you can be upset about that mistake and learn from it or whatever. You can punish yourself if you will. There is, you know, you, but you don't need to continue to punish yourself. Why do we human beings do that, okay? You don't need to punish yourself for years and years for one mistake, okay? So so that is all part of how I got my health back is I let, I let, I forgave, I forgave, okay? Which is different. So you'd think it would be some sort of strategy or coping mechanism with, with fitness, but no, it's my relationship to myself that uh, changed in order for me to, to get healthy again. Okay, what's your next race running event? Ever think of running an ultra marathon? Okay, so that's a great question. So uh, yes, I have thought about uh, doing an ultra. Ultra for anyone listening is um, 50 kilometers or more, which I don't know what that is in miles. I think it's like 30 30 miles maybe, Uh, 30 miles or more. Um, At this point, the answer to that is no. If I'm going to pursue um, a running uh, challenge or a running goal, it is going to be that qualify for Boston Marathon. And for my age bracket, I need to be under three hours, 40 minutes. And my fastest time is three hours, 47 minutes. I have seven minutes to to knock off. Uh, my next, yeah, so I'm going to focus on that. So I'll, I'll stay there at that distance. It's fine for me. My next race is actually in May. I'm doing Ottawa Race Weekend. I'm doing the 10K on the Saturday and then the Half Marathon on the Sunday. And then in the fall, I'm going to be doing some sort of push for a marathon. Haven't decided if I'm going for the qualification or if I'm just gonna run it to run it. Um, So we'll see about that. Those are, I'm only doing like three and maybe some little fun guys in the the middle of the summer, but I haven't uh, really chosen that or committed to anything, so. Okay, what acts of kindness motivates you to serve others? 
what acts of kindness motivate you to serve others? Um, I'm not entirely sure I understand that question. However, I will say this. Acts of kindness towards myself is what motivates me to be kind to others. <laughs> so do unto you as you as you wish for other, I don't know the exact quote, but you know what I'm saying. Do unto you as the, as, as you would, you know, your neighbors. So, um, that is, I think kindness is, um, and compassion for yourself is the number one thing in life. That is what it is. How, how often are we kind to ourselves? Some people feel guilty when they're nice to themselves. Okay. I was that person for many, many years. Uh, but yeah, think about that. Why do you feel guilty or bad when you take time for yourself? Like the world is not judging you. You need to take that on yourself. And the more kind you are to others, you'd be surprised at how that um, sort of motivates you and helps you to serve those around you. So yeah. Um, how did you get back on track, stay on track, having gained a significant amount of weight? Yeah, I think I already answered that question um, previously. It is a really great question. And again, I'm diverting to the podcast, the three-part weight loss podcast. It really dives in deep to the mentality I was in, what exactly I did, and um, and uh, how, how, I, how I did, uh, how I stay on track. Because that's a big one too. How do you stay on track? It's just a little bit too much of a... Uh, it's a longer answer for this for this show. Okay, how do you stop yourself from going down the why me path of life when it gets hard? Uh, <laughs> why me? Okay, why me comes up every now and then. Usually I have an emotional few days every month <laughs> that it comes up very strong. But why me is a victimization. It's a victim statement. Okay, so the... The practice of awareness has taught me that when I am the victim, that is not me. That is my ego. That is the voice of knowledge talking, victimizing myself. Um, the ego lives in the judge, the judgment. It's either the judge hat or the victim hat. Okay. Um, and how I stop myself is I sit in stillness. So I create space between the thought. Okay. So silencing the voice in the mind is a is going to be my life's work. It's going to be in my life's practice. People call it meditation. I like to call it stillness. So sitting still, being one with my body, getting in tuned with my body. So when I sit in stillness, I'm focusing on the way my body feels, the way the energy is flowing in my body. I do that through connecting with my breath. I do that by breathing in colors and putting them in different areas of my body. I love breathing in like the color orange. Orange is a healing color, so is green. And like making ribbons of color flow all the way down to my toes, like from inside. I love breathing in light into my the center of my brain um, and breathing out light. So I become one with light. These are the types of things that I do to still the mind so that voice of knowledge, that ego, that talker, the storyteller shuts up. So that's how I immediately, when I come back to the now and I live in the present moment and I find stillness, 
the, the, the voice quiets. I mean, the reason the voice is taking you down that victimization is because you're either thinking about something in the past or you're projecting yourself into some future moment that you feel is better than the moment that you have now. Okay, so when we're projecting ourselves into the future or pulling ourselves in the past, you know, that that is taking away this moment. You are you are taking away your attention from this moment now. So living in the now, stillness, that's how I get through the why me. I hope I answered that okay. Uh, okay, next. What's your life motto? Ooh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my life motto is. I used to um, say what you put into it, you get out of it. Um, so yeah, I think that's my life motto. And I, that relates to work. That relates to personal relationships. It relates to family, to passions. What you put into it, you get out of it. So if you want, like life, you need to work at, you need to work at life. It's, it seems like life is free for a lot of people and it's easy. Okay. But that's just the ego judging. Okay. That's making assumptions. The ego makes all the assumptions. You're filling in a lot of gaps with your own knowledge. Okay. It, it's, yeah. Working can be really fun too. Oftentimes when you say you have to work hard, that, that implies that you can't have any fun. So, I don't know. I think changing your perspective um, on what work is and prioritizing yourself really makes that life motto of, of, what, of what you put into it, you get out of more fun. Okay? Anyways. Who's your favorite sibling? <laughs> that was from my brother. Yan. <laughs> You know I love everybody equally. You're you're definitely one of the my favorite siblings, okay? <laughs> you're my favorite brother. <laughs> okay. Most valued qualities a person needs for you personally connect to connect with them. Most valued qualities a person needs for you personally to connect to them. Okay, values are very important. So um reading this question, I kind of it brings me to not only like romantic relationships, which I touched on just a little bit earlier, but also like friendships and uh, people that I attract into my life. So I definitely want like-minded people in my life. Um, I do understand that not everyone's going to be like-minded and those people do come into my life, but they, and everyone comes into your life for a reason. However, not everyone stays in my life. I don't keep a connection with those that aren't teaching me something in one way, shape or form. Um, however, what I value is I value kindness. I value people who show compassion towards themselves and they believe in themselves. It's like a confidence. And it's not like that, that um, superficial, I'm the best and you have to prove something because that's not confidence. In fact, that's the exact opposite of confidence in my opinion. Confidence is an energy. It's a deep knowing that you love who you are and you are okay with yourself. Um, I also value a sense of humor um, and, and passion. Passion is a big one. I love 
I love like harvesting passion in others. That's like my favorite thing is to, you know, talk about what people love to do because that's what life's all about, you know, like sharing and, and projecting those positive uh, things that you have in your life. Like I love those conversations. Um, and I guess the last thing that I value is trust. And trust is a, a weird word or I don't know. There's many interpretations of what trust might mean. For me, I believe people are trustworthy when they, um, when they are true to their word. So if you say you're going to do something, for example, and you don't, that to me reflects in someone who is untrustworthy and for someone who doesn't know the path that they're on. So they don't even trust themselves. They say they're going to do something, but they don't. Or they say they are something, but they're not. Those are like the little white lies that we try to get away with uh, in our day-to-day lives. Like as simp- as, like all the way down to, to how are you today? When someone's like, oh, I'm great. But inside they're dying or they're in turmoil. That's not a trust. That's the type of trust I'm talking about. Are you true to your word? And... Can, do you have the confidence to, um, say today is not the best day, you know, to be true to your word. No, I'm sorry. I can't commit to that. I have too many things on my plate or I appreciate the offer, but that's not for me. Okay. There is words. There's language you can use that is non-offensive and won't make the ask the person asking feel bad about asking the question. You're being true. And that's what I value. Um, that was a little bit of a tangent, but I think I answered that one. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your childhood regarding sports, studies, friendships? Um, yeah, so I was always active as a kid. My parents put me into gymnastics when I was very young. That was when my Olympic dreams started. I really wanted to be an Olympian at a very young age, loved sport. I played outside. My brother and I, um, my brother Yan, who's my favorite brother, (laughs) we used to play all day we would like literally be outside until the sun went down and even longer until dinner was ready we made forts we just made up games we were always doing stuff it was so fun we I was in a lot of sports in school I cheerleaded I was a cheerleader actually for five years at St. Mark's High School we were really good we like won provincials it was really fun it allowed me to be acrobatic in a lot of ways and uh um it was a really fun team team environment Um, studies, I was a very good student. I also had some pressure from my dad. Basically, once I started skiing and got into competitive skiing, which was in 19, uh, which was, how old was I? I was 13, 14. So what grade would I be in there? Like eight, grade nine, grade eight. Um, I had to maintain an honor roll, um, average. So 80 and above in order to, uh, have the support from my dad. So, um, I, again, I'm competitive. So for me studying, I was very disciplined. I've been disciplined at a very young age in a lot of ways. Uh, but the motivation for that discipline has shifted. Okay. Like I've explained many times friendships. I have had lifelong friends. I have the best group of women in my life. There's, there's five of us, there's six of us, and we have been friends for 25 years or longer. Um, other friendships, like family, people I consider family, the, my girlfriends are family. Um, 
I, I've been blessed with a really cool group of people. I mean, I'm also really good friends with some of the skiers that I connected with over the years, some of the coaches that I've worked with. Um, I, I would say overall, my childhood was a little rocky. Um, my parents did divorce when I was young. Um, we, but I was also very blessed and very fortunate. Uh, we had a really nice house. We had a chalet up at Tromblon. I was able to ski. We did family vacations. We went camping every year. Uh, we went to Martha's Vineyard. You know, like I had a, a, a great childhood um, in that regard. However, uh, the lessons and the beliefs I learned about, my, about myself from my teachers, from my parents, uh, from my grandparents, from uh, sport, from coaches, that is where the judge and the victim started to uh, started to build. Like we all, we all, you know, it doesn't matter how pretty the 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 paper is that wraps the present. It's what is what is happening on the inside that really shapes who we are. Um, how do you deal with stressful situations? <laughs> Again, I create space, taking a deep breath. I am and may always be an emotional person. Uh, I react to things. My action, my, after a reaction, my reaction is to uh, spark emotion within me. I'm sure a lot of people are the same as me. I instantly want to defend or I instantly want to react or get mad or sad or whatever. Um, but stress, stress is... Stress is the emotional response to, it's it's our reaction to an action. So when something happens, I've my practice of awareness is allowing me to create some space and take a deep breath, find one second of stillness, and give myself a period of time to consider where is this emotion coming from. All emotion comes from the past. All of our emotions, they come from the past. Okay, so I, I just sit with it for a moment, take a deep breath before I, before I, you know, explode. <laughs> and it helps. It really helps. There's always going to be stress in our lives. Like stress manifests itself. Like if like it builds, it loves, stress loves to live in, in us. Like I carry it physically. I carry it emotionally, mentally. Um, I don't need to, but I do it for a reason. I, I do it for punishment. I do it because... Being busy and being stressed out is, it fuels your ego. It fuels your identity, your self-importance. Okay, so, oh yeah, I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. That makes you feel more important, right? And I've, I've, now, be able to, I've now been able to create a little bit of space between that. So it's not as important to me, okay? There's just a couple questions left. We're like in the 55 minute range here. So um, let's just, uh, we'll do a couple more here. Is it hard to show your vulnerability sometimes? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. However, being vulnerable is how I connect with, with all of you, like with everyone, I mean, Again, I don't like telling people what to do. So I share my experiences. And the first few times I did it with like within blog posts on Instagram, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, send, oh my God. But you know, there's, and there was, 
like positive and negative reactions to it like there is in all situations. Uh, but I didn't care. Like this being vulnerable is my way of coaching and of sharing and of helping. And honestly, if one person reads my blog or if one person listens to my podcast and it inspires them to become aware and helps them to wake up and start to pay attention to their thoughts and their beliefs and start to pay attention to how they are loving themselves, then holy, like it is so worth it. And that makes showing my vulnerability easy, that mentality and that perspective. Uh, are you running outside or do you wait for spring? Uh, it's too cold right now in Ottawa for me to run outside. I'm kind of like a minus 10 or warmer person. It really hasn't, there hasn't been many days that have been minus 10 or warmer this winter. Um, that's in Celsius. So, uh, yeah, I've been running inside mostly. I don't love it, but I still love running. Anyhow, last question. Who do you love the most? Your mom or your mom? <laughs> Guess who wrote that one? <laughs> Mom, you know I love you and you're a great mentor in my life and I love our conversations. We have really great conversations all the time and uh, I'm very happy that you're my mom. You're the best. You're the best mom. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. There is uh, several questions that I missed, but this is running a little bit long. I would be happy to do this again. If you guys enjoyed this style of podcast, please let me know and I'll open up the conversation to you guys again. We can chat about anything that you're interested in. Um, if you did like this podcast, I would love for you to head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. The more comments, the more times that you share this, the more people will come to my show and be able to find it, which would mean the world to me. That being said, I hope you guys all have the best day. Until next time.